0: The daily tap is live for monday we are back in the saddle it is june 5th we're talking june importance rankings the bucks hiring terry stotts and a little bit of a cincinnati recap from my trip to louisville and cincinnati hence why there wasn't a ton of podcast content out there I uh, hope you guys are following along on social media tapping a keg on twitter Tabbing the Keg Sports on Instagram as well as TikTok. Uh, thanks to Scott reaching out in the DMs. I will respond to that this morning. Uh, and you can always leave DMs. DMs are open. Uh, feedback is welcomed. Uh, questions, welcome. Conversation, welcomed. Uh, we're all there. Uh, that's what we're all about here at Tabbing the Keg. Uh, You can also subscribe to us on Apple, on Spotify, if you're somehow new to the program. If you're not, drop this into the group chat. Let's get the boys buzzing. It is the start, basically, of June, and we're going to talk June importance rankings. We are going to—oh, I already said that, so I don't need to do the intro again. I'm just fired up to be back doing podcasts, I'll be honest. like. I it's been a I wouldn't say a bad like couple of weeks but it just was a little uneven with so much stuff going on and I'm happy to be back in the saddle Uh, I I love the fact that I'm taping up in my living room because my wife is gone all week so I've free reign of the house and maybe doing this a little bit too late but your boy is off tomorrow uh, extending that vacay one more day for a nice I wouldn't go as far to say mental health day. It's more just get your shit together day. Uh, And we're starting that off with the podcast. Let's go. Let's talk about the Wisconsin sports importance rankings for the month of June. All right. Number one. We are. Well, before we even get into number one, let's before that, we'll start there. All right. Before we get going, the Wisconsin sports importance rankings are something we do every month. It's a little bit later uh, this month. I probably would have done this for Friday's show had I had a Friday show, but I didn't. So here we are doing it on Monday, June the 5th. Uh, and basically, we go through all the things that matter for the Wisconsin sports world in the month of June. Now, June is a semi-big month for like major events, right? You have the French Open going on right now. You have the Softball World Series. You have the College World Series happening in the middle of... The, june you have the u.s open you have the nba finals of course you have the stanley cup but and the nba draft so you have some big moments right but a lot of them do not involve wisconsin sports but we'll try to shoehorn them in we'll try to talk about why maybe the nba finals matter to wisconsin sports fans but obviously it'll be a lot of milwaukee brewers topic and that's where we kick off number one and it is the milwaukee brewers health the Milwaukee Brewers were not a healthy team for the month of May. Uh, we did a podcast about why the Brewers are playing bad baseball. And lo and behold, I've inspired the boys to ra- rail off four of their last five victories. That's, that's just what you do. That's just what you have to do sometimes. You have to motivate the troops. But part of the reason why the Brewers were not playing good baseball was because they're not a very healthy baseball team. They, they have had injuries up and down their pitching rotation. They're... Start their lineup has not necessarily had the same health issues, but it hasn't exactly been great for for that department either. There've still been things that have happened. There are still Nixon cuts. You did have Willie Adonis go on the seven day concussion IL. You had Tyrone Taylor who just added to the IL. So there have been you know stints for both sides, uh, offense as well as the pitching staff. And it's imperative that the Brewers stay healthy. Uh, they can ill afford, you know, more injuries, right? And especially to key players. You know, obviously, I don't want to, you know, shake the tree here and jinx any of the guys getting hurt. But the Brewers are on a little bit of thin ice. I don't think that they are one injury away from being absolutely fucked. I think there are a couple players where if they had a significant injury, that changes the course of the Milwaukee Brewers season. But I, I will point out that. I think that would happen with anybody, right? If you lost an ace, if you lost your best hitter, if you lost your closer, you're probably going to be a worse baseball team for it. Now, sometimes you can put it, you can figure it out. You know, you can put the pieces together. Um, and I'm not going to go out here and be like, "Who is the one that I want to be in, that I want to see injured the least?" Because I don't, I don't need that karma. I don't need that negative energy out here. And the one thing, you know, in health is that people do get healthy, or right? And that's what's happening with the Milwaukee Brewers soon here. You know, Luis Urias is going to be back on Tuesday. He's likely going to take Bryce Trang's spot. I think there's going to be some outrage against that. I will tell you right now, I think it would be great for Bryce Trang to get some swings down in AAA, get to play every day. Uh, and sort of refined what he had in April. It's not to say that this is over for Bryce Trang. It's not to say that Bryce Trang won't come back, right? But I think Luis Urias, Andrew Monastero, who I'm going to talk about here in a second, uh, I think that's your combination right now. Uh, So we'll we'll see exactly what the Brewers might do uh, if they're going to pull the trigger on Trang or they'll look somebody else. And Adamus should be back on Thursday. So you'll have Willie Adamas back in the lineup sooner rather than later. And then I think you have a real decision because I'd argue that Mike Brousseau should be sent down, not Monastero. But we'll talk about Monastero here in a second because uh, I think he is a, a fascinating player. But yeah, the Brewers just have to keep staying healthy, man. And that to me is the number one goal for this baseball team. And I really hope they can. Uh, And I really do not want to see the season itself get derailed by injuries. I thought my guy Brett had a good point on Twitter about that we need to say, you know, stop saying every take while the Brewers playing a bad NL Central, which I'm guilty of. I've done that. And as I said it on a tweet, like part of it is, I think the Brewers can afford to have another iffy month because their division is bad. Now the Pirates have sort of figured it out again. They're playing good baseball all of a sudden. And thankfully the Brewers are also playing good baseball all of a sudden. So that helps, right? But I don't think you can afford to go eleven and fifteen for another month, right? I don't think that's really going to get the job done. I think you have a cushion of the NL Central because it's not a great division. That 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 is that is possible. The door is open, but I don't think that this NL is as is. There isn't the peaks and valleys of the National League. I think that we thought there were. I think we assume that the National League was going to be the haves and the have-nots, and that just hasn't proven to be the case. Like I, We all assumed that it was going to be the Dodgers, the Padres, the New York Mets, the Atlanta Braves, and the St. Louis Cardinals. That was the willful assumption of everybody, that those six teams were going to separate themselves from the rest of Major League Baseball. And that has not happened. And Brett also pointed out in his tweet uh, that Brewers are only three games back of the top spot in the NL. So they're not far away from a buy. And I think that's something, it's not in the importance rankings, but that's something the Brewers need to keep in mind here in the month of June. You know, try to keep yourself in shouting distance of that second seed, which I think is very valuable. We saw it with the Cardinals last year. Had to face the Phillies and they lost, you know, I think they lost in two, right? They lost in two to the Phillies. Phillies beat them both times in St. Louis to take that series or was it three? I can't remember, Uh, but it doesn't matter. Brewers Health imperative uh, for the month of June. Number two here is the Milwaukee Bucks trade draft rumors. So the Bucks have the 58th pick in the NBA draft. That probably won't matter much. I don't think we're gonna do a ton of draft content. We're not gonna get you the nitty gritty on the 58th pick. That said, I hope the Bucks are looking for that Caleb Martin type, that Austin Reeves type uh, you know, I was telling a guy in Louisville who's a big Bucks fan, shout out Rodney. Uh, we, I had like a 30 minute conversation with him uh, as a wait, as I was waiting for my room. Uh, could have easily just put the recorder down and, and taped it. And uh, we, w- when we were talking, one of the things I told him was I was like, I really think this roster needs you know that Caleb Martin, Austin Reeves type guy. And I realized that they are not a dime a dozen. If they were, everybody would have them. But finding that, finding what is the the combination, what's what's sort of the skill set, what is the thing that's holding people back from drafting these guys? What what, do, what profile do they fit? And that's the thing that I think the the Bucks really need to look at. The Bucks really need to find that diamond in the rough. They have not done a great job. I can make a very strong case against punting the fifty eighth pick. I think the fifty eighth pick matters. I just don't know if we're gonna go into great detail about how it will all shake out. I hope the Bucks even move up and try to get somebody. If they see somebody in the 45, 46 range, you know, can they move up? Can they pay to move up? We'll see. Uh, Because they should really try to get, you know, a guy who could potentially help your bench. You're not saying he's gonna be this all-star. You're not gonna say he's gonna have like a Caleb Martin Eastern Conference Finals, but maybe a guy who could just, be a vital contributor next year. Maybe not a vital contributor, be like an on and off contributor. A, oh, it's a rest day for Giannis and Chris and it's the 27th of December and he has 20 points, right? Maybe that's a little excessive, but you get my point. Uh, I And maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe I'm asking for the moon here, uh, but I do think you're gonna see the Milwaukee Bucks and some trade draft rumors. Like I, I think there will be conversations about potentially the third pick, overall uh, that the Portland Trailblazers have. I think Chris Middleton is gonna be a name that gets brought up in that conversation. Now, I think Chris Middleton is pot committed to the Milwaukee Bucks. I think Giannis wants to ride this thing out with Chris. Chris is his guy. Chris was in the owners meetings. That said, I know how these journalists work. I know how it goes in the NBA media circles. Chris's name will get floated out there. Drew's name might get floated out there. We're gonna do an awesome roster construction podcast series, or not series, podcast episode with Mitch um, later this week that I'm fired up for involving the Milwaukee Bucks. So stay tuned for that. But I I, I do expect that there's going to be guys that are in trade rumors. I do also wonder, could the Bucks get a mid-round first pick, first round pick, for one of their top assets, whether that's Bobby Portis, whether that's Grayson Allen, uh, whether that's somebody, I mean, not Grayson Allen doesn't yearn a first round pick, but, you know, could Bobby, the combination, right? Could it be Bobby Grayson, maybe not Bobby Grayson and Pat, but could the Bucks go into the first round if they feel like there's a guy that can help out right away? Can they find sort of that Christian Braun type? Like, can they find that guy? Um, We'll have to see, but I, I don't expect the Bucs to kind of just go quietly into the night. I have a feeling that they're going to try to improve this roster, especially with a guy like Adrian Griffin now, as your head coach, who's known for being a player development guy. Can you find somebody where you're like, all right, if you just give me two years, like I can make this guy into a role player. I can make this guy into a solid bench player for us. Like that to me would be very exciting. So we'll see how involved the Bucs are in terms of the nba draft or if they actually do stay quiet number three milwaukee brewer surprises so what do i mean by that owen miller is the number one guy right uh he's been a total surprise for the brewers can he keep this up can he continue to produce for the brewers at this level miller had another rbi yesterday uh he continues to showcase his productivity so that i mean that's That's it right there. Monastero, who I said I was going to come back to, and I wasn't lying to you. Uh, Monastero had a three-run homer in Sunday's game. Everyone's like, why is Monastero hitting fifth? Well, he showed us right away. He hit a home run. Uh, He did have to leave the game, but they said it was precautionary, so that's good. Uh, But I I do think that he's had an awesome start to to his big league career, and I, I don't really see a case to bring him down. John Singleton really hasn't done much but just the fact that he's up and you know, who knows, maybe that's a guy that could do something. I think on the pitching side of things, Adrian Hauser, yeah, had a bad start against Toronto, but he's been pretty damn good. Uh, And I don't know if I'd call Adrian Hauser a surprise, but I don't think any of us saw this stretch of baseball for Hauser, where he dominated the Rays, he dominated the Astros. And when I say he dominated the Reds, you're gonna be like, Charlie, the Reds aren't very good. Listen. This Reds offense is good. Like, this is a good Reds offense. Like, this Reds offense had won six straight games. No, they won five straight. They lost against the Red Sox in that last game of that series. They won five of six heading into their game against the Milwaukee Brewers on Friday night. And the Brewers have them three straight games. So don't tell me this offense is good. I I, have, I give Adrian Hauser a ton of credit. Uh, Colin Ray, I, I don't know, man. I, I can't believe... Every time Colin Ray doesn't get blown up and, and lose the game by 12, I am stunned. Like, I and I know that sounds so shitty, but I just, I don't see him as a big league pitcher. I've told you guys from the start, I feel like he's, this year's Jason Alexander, but I feel like he's already exceeded what Jason Alexander was. I just keep waiting for Colin Ray to come back to earth. They've obviously made some nice adjustments with him after he came back from Nashville. So as long as these guys can keep the lights on For the Brewers pitching staff, you know, Eric Lauer is going to have a couple starts here in Nashville again. Going back to the Brewer health thing, and I guess for Lauer, it's like they're they're kind of looking at it and saying, okay, uh, he needs to look right before we bring him back up. Like they uh, they kind of want to give him a long look. And then Wade Miley is the other one, and Wade Miley sounds like could be back like in a week, two weeks from now. Uh, which is great. And talk about a guy who just recovered quickly from his injury. All he really needs is probably whiskey and elbow grease and he's back at it. But we'll see if these surprises are still allowed to be part of the fold. And how do you keep those guys, you know, in your lineup or in your rotation? Like, I think Adrian Hauser has a a starting spot over Eric Lauer, not over Wade Miley, but definitely over, over that. Julio Teron's another one I didn't even mention. He pitches tonight, we'll see how he does but like Lugatron's had two good starts. Like who who goes, right? I mean, Wade Miley's going to get one of those, but it, you know, if Wade Miley is your, is the replacement for Colin Ray, but you keep Colin Ray up, you just say, all right, we're going to send down one of our bullpen guys. And there have been some bad bullpen dudes the last few, few days. I was good tonight. Uh, Do you kind of do you kind of look at it and say, all right, I got six starters. You know, I can go with a six man rotation if I want. If, you know, someone falls off the rails, we can raise right there. And the other, the other couple things, another surprise guy I forgot about was Joel, Joel Piamas, who's been really good too. Um, and so if he, if he can keep it up, that's great. And this all makes the Milwaukee Brewers a more deep, a deeper team, you know? And I think that's something that is lacked in this, in the last few years of the Brewers, like the post COVID Brewers, you know, those, those teams were not deep. It seemed like they had a couple injury. It all went to shit. It seems like the Brewers have done a really good job in terms of roster building, not only, you know, in the big leagues, but in their 40 man roster. And they deserve a ton of credit for that. And I think, you know, we, the best might be yet to come for this Brewers team. And, I think as they get a couple more guys back and then they you know work in these surprises in different parts of their team I think it'll be really good and the other thing keep in mind Robert Gasser is starting to look good in triple-a uh, he had no walks in his last start and the big thing for Gasser has been walks Adam McAlvey made a case that Gasser should be up in the big leagues two weeks ago uh, or a week ago fell on deaf ears uh, for the Brewers but if, you know, they need bullpen help. You know, we've seen this story how many times? We saw it with Aaron Ashby. We saw it with Brandon Woodruff. We saw it with Corbin Burns. We saw it with Josh Hader. I mean, Josh Hader was thought to be a starter at some point. It never happened. But we've seen it with a lot of these dudes that they get the call and then they're kind of used as this, like, stretch man in the bullpen and they are really dominant doing it um spencer strider is a great example of that earlier in the 2022 season for the braves the braves have a guy now shaw, i think his name is shaw schuster shaw that say that five times fast uh who's doing that right now i think he pitched like a little over two innings for the braves yet uh yesterday so i i could certainly see gasser you know coming up here uh for the brew crew Number four, the Brewers have a big homestand uh, next weekend. So not this weekend, but the following weekend, uh, Father's Day weekend, when they play the Pittsburgh Pirates. Big Apple TV spot for that for Apple TV. Uh, the Brewers and Pirates still should be the top two teams in the NL Central unless something crazy happens. Uh, that will be a really, really fun measuring stick matchup. The Pirates have not faced the Brewers, um, so we don't know exactly you know what what we're getting out of that matchup. Uh and then after that they play the Arizona Dimebacks, a team they struggled with in April. Uh, They get them at home. Dimebacks one of the best teams in the NL, probably one of the biggest surprises in baseball so far this season. So how do you how do you do that week? That to me is a big measuring stick six game homestand. Because you're at home, you know, you can kind of I wouldn't go as far to say statement but it would be a good way to sort of establish yourself against the Pirates, win two out of three. If you win two out of three against the Snakes, you go four and two in that stretch, you're kind of looking the part. You're kind of looking like you're that fucking team. Now you have a big road trip coming up after that where you go to Cleveland, you go to New York. Um, I think there's another one in there that they they play. Let me see here. Cleveland, New York, and then you go back to Pittsburgh. uh, That... Uh, 4th of july weekend before heading home to play the chicago cubs so this sort of that late june stretch for the brewers uh it's gonna be difficult uh you also play the twins for two uh that is not easy so really i guess to say like june 13th to 30th is not very nice to the brewers if you're just doing june uh that's that's a tough tough stretch for the brew crew um and not that many home games. They will be only home six times in that that span. So that's 17 days. So six six home games in seven days. 17 days is not exactly what you want. They do have a big homestand home on the back half of that. So when they get back, they, they have, I think, seven. Yeah, seven games at home to wrap up the uh, first half of the season, quote unquote, uh, before you go into the all-star break. All right, let's get out of baseball. Uh, number five. Omax Prosper and the NBA draft status. Where will Omax go? Omax stayed in the draft. Um, We didn't really talk too much about it. I think I mentioned it very quickly uh, when the news came out. Uh, But I mean, I'm super happy for him. Uh, The guy made a name for himself in the NBA combine. He was great. Uh, Everybody sort of took notice of what Omax Prosper could do for an NBA team. I thought he was a year away, but it's clear that he's not. Uh, and he's gonna get drafted. And whether he gets drafted in the first round or early in the second round is a huge win for the Marquette Golden Eagles basketball program. That It's a great look for a program who has Jimmy Butler in the NBA Finals, who has had a lot of success, a lot of NBA success, but hasn't had anything recently, right? you had Justin Lewis drafted in the second round, but Lewis went down with that ACL injury and, or no, Lewis might have been undrafted. Pardon me, he was undrafted. But Omax will be that first sort of guy in the Shaka Smart program that gets drafted. And I would hope it's first round. I think it makes it just better. It's a great selling point. I think anywhere Omax gets drafted is great. Hope it's not a Milwaukee Bucks rival uh, so I can still root him on. It's not a Jimmy Butler situation there. But I do... I do think that this is a good step forward for Shaka and a great visibility thing and something to really promote for the Marquette program and and Shaka himself, uh, as he's continuing to try to rebuild the brand of Marquette. I would say that that job is mostly done. Like I think the Marquette energy that's going to be there in November and even in October, will pale in comparison to what it's been the last few years. Um, but I still I still think something like that with OMAX getting drafted only helps things. Maybe more casually, honestly, than Die Hard. Like I think all of us that are, you know, I don't say I eat and breathe Marquette basketball every day. I love the Golden Eagles, don't get me wrong. Um, and last season helped me fall back in love with them, uh, to be honest with you. But I, I still I still care. I still want to know about the recruits. I still want to know about this type of stuff. And I think the I think it helps, you know, that casual fan, you know, sort of real. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh wow, Marquette had a great season. Oh, they they have NBA talent out there. Well, maybe I should maybe I should go watch a game. Maybe I should go see Marquette play for a change. You know, Bucks tickets are really hard to get. Uh, maybe Marquette tickets are a little easier. Spoiler: not always uh, the case. But I, I do think uh, adding Omax in as an NBA player will only help things, not hurt things. And we'll see where it goes. Uh, number six on the importance rankings is the NBA Finals. The only reason why I put the NBA Finals here is I feel like if the Heat win, uh, the Bucks loss is a little bit of an afterthought because it, Heat devil magic is a real thing. Uh, we saw tonight uh, the Heat complete outlier game from three again. Uh, They kept, they keep fucking doing it, man. They had another fourth quarter where they went absolutely off and Denver had no idea what to do. Had no idea what they were doing. They were up eight heading into the fourth quarter and they just completely fell apart instantly. It was so quick. It happened so fast. And if the Heat do this, it's just an anomaly. It's just something that, we don't see in sports very often. That's just extremely hard to explain that they rode a hot streak all the way to the championship. And there's a world where you could argue there might not be that good. I mean, it's not the same, but think about the Washington Nationals in 2019 for a second here. The Washington Nationals were down in the eighth inning to the Milwaukee Brewers, I believe, 4-1, Four to one. I'd have to double check that, but the Nationals were at home against the Milwaukee Brewers, and they were trailing, I believe, four to one at that time. And Josh Hader was coming into the game, and Josh Hader had been one of the best pitchers in baseball that year. I believe he had made an All Star game that season. And what occurred? Oh, it was three to one. Excuse me. It was three to one. Pardon me. It was three to one. Is the Juan Soto hit? Drew Pomeranz did the damn thing. Oh, it wasn't the eighth inning that, that that gets lost? I thought for some reason I thought it was in the in the ninth, but it was in the eighth inning. And they bring in Hater to try to get try to get it closed down uh, after Brandon Woodruff couldn't make it past four innings. Uh, maybe I'm having revisionist history on this all, but still, they had a chance to win this game. And they didn't, and the Nationals win. Soto has the big thing. The error by Trent Gresham allows Anthony Rendon to score. It's the reason why they win that game. Strasburg was incredible. Strasburg has not been the same since that game. Uh, who and they used Strozer and Strasburg back to back in that game, which is absolutely nutty. Uh, if you if you forgot uh, forgot about that that whole whole sequence there and they go on to win a World Series. And it was like, oh, no way they'll beat that Dodgers team. Because remember, that Dodgers team was fucking awesome that year, and they go and beat the Dodgers, similar kind of the Bucs, and then you they keep winning. They beat the Cardinals, who weren't as good as, as the, that Dodgers team. And then they beat the Astros, who were really good, and everybody just assumed, okay, the Astros are going to win this World Series. They're gonna go back to back. I think that, to me, is the most recent example of a team where I'm like, I don't really think you're supposed to be here. Like, I don't really think you belong. And suddenly you're in the mix, and suddenly you have won the World Series. And again, they were super talented. They just put it all together at the right time, you know, and, you know, Scherzer, Strasburg, Trey Turner, Soto. Like, you look at that roster, and you're like, holy shit, of course. they. Why? You know, how the hell are they in the playing game with the roster that they did have? Uh, but yeah, I kind of butchered sort of the intro of that with the uh the three run eighth so forgive me but yeah I, I think if the Nuggets win there's no skin off our backs but I think if the Heat win you just look up you just kind of check it off as this anomaly that probably wasn't supposed to happen I will do number seven I will still say it I'll put it out into the atmosphere number sevens what is the Packers interest in DeAndre Hopkins as this continues as Hopkins still remains unsigned I think the media and Twitter has overvalued Hopkins value. Uh, maybe Hopkins has also overplayed his hand. Maybe Hopkins is not getting what he wants from the Buffalo Bills or Kansas City Chiefs who've been rumored targets for Hopkins. Deshaun Watson has advocated that he wants Hopkins on the Cleveland roster. What if Green Bay, who not expected to contend for a Super Bowl this year, I think Green Bay could make the playoffs. I think Green Bay could you know make some noise in that playoffs, but to expect the team in year one of their quarterback to make the Super Bowl, it would take a masterful coaching job by Malifora. I'm not saying it's not impossible, but what if Brian Gutekus gets on the phone with DeAndre Hopkins and say, yeah, we'll, we'll pay you. We'll have incentives for playoffs. We'll have incentives for if we make the Super Bowl. Um, and we really want you to be sort of, not only a vital contributor to our to what we have here, but we also want you to be sort of that team leader with guys like Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, uh, Jaden Reed, uh, Dontarian Wicks, and many others. And we want you to be sort of that vocal leader. Now, I don't really know if Hopkins does that. He's well-respected in the league. Everybody really likes D-Hop. So I, I, but I just wonder, would that be something he's interested in? Obviously, it's not a Super Bowl team. If it's a one-year flyer, And the Packers end up not playing well, you know, and but Hopkins does. You trade him at at the deadline, right? You can flip him right away and say, "All right, get you know fourth or fifth rounder for him," you know, if he's playing playing kind of at old DeAndre Hopkins level, and to have him along with Christian Watson burning the sidelines, Romeo Dobbs inside, whoo boy, (laughs) that I'll tell you what, that is what dreams are made of. Uh, but yeah i I would personally like to see the Packers make some sort of move for a veteran receiver so my, it doesn't even have to be DeAndre Hopkins. I would just like to see them try to find a veteran wide out to be the vocal leader but also to be a guy who maybe can contribute um, and you know do some of the little things and work with the guys. i you know he's obviously on the jets now and so it doesn't matter but Ra Cobb would have made some sense for his team. Uh, and I think people have said that in the past, but I think Randall Cobb would have made a lot of sense for this Packers team in terms of being that veteran presence. Um, I understand the reservations against Cobb. Uh, it seemed like he had fully to lost the step, but yeah, I I just know that they are a little too young at that position, and would like would like to see some older veterans be in that room because I think that's important to have. I I, I don't think. You should just be completely green. I, I That's been the same thing that I've advocated for backup quarterback. I know Sean Clifford's there and he's apparently supposed to be rain man of, of football or whatever. But still, I would like to have a little more veteran presence slash leadership in the Packer locker room, but maybe they know better than I do. Uh, we'll, we certainly could revisit that uh, when we get into the fall months. All right, that does it for importance rankings. Let me know what I missed. Uh, if you're wondering, hey, why isn't Summerfest on this list? It's because it's sports. If it was just June importance rankings for Wisconsin, Summerfest would have been on top, of course. Uh, we will do some Summerfest content, though. Uh, and remember, uh, just a reminder, Shay Ken at Summerfest. You can go see him on July the 7th. He's throwing an R&B party at the Soundwave stage, and then he's doing Lucid Lounge after. It might be too early to promote. It's a month away. It's literally over a month away. But there's no reason why you can't add that to your calendar. There's no reason why you can't just get out your your Google calendar. Got like, babe, I got plans. We're doing an RB night at at Summerfest. Like, let's get after it. And by the way, you should pay me for these ad rates. Just saying. Not not, not Shakehead, but the people that are on it. Just, just gonna throw that out there. Okay. Let's move on to the Milwaukee Bucks and their hiring of Terry Stotts. Stats with Stotts are back. Terry Stotts, now a member of the Milwaukee Bucks yet again, uh, the former Bucks head coach, uh, is going to be the top assistant for Adrian Griffin. I am very excited about this. Uh, Terry Stotts is an offensive whiz. He's extremely smart. He does a lot of analytical stuff. He has had some great offenses uh, with the Portland Trailblazers uh, before, you know, getting let go as as their coach. And I, I'm really, I'm really fired up by this. I, I think that this is exactly what you want if you're a Milwaukee Bucks fan because the Adrian Griffin hiring, I think, was a bit surprising. But everybody sort of had the consensus of, well, as long as you get some veteran leadership on that bench, you'll be okay. You just need that coach who's like, hey, I've been in this situation before. Here's what I've done. Here's what I recommend you doing. And you kind of need that calming presence. And part of the reason why Joe Mazzua struggled this year in Boston is he did not have that guy. That guy did not exist. Now, maybe it was Damon Stoudemire who got hired by Georgia Tech. And maybe that was the guy and leaving you know, middle of the year did not work out for Boston. And that's a potential sliding doors moment of if Stoudemire doesn't leave, uh, you know, would the boston celtics have beat the miami heat i don't think one coach would have solved things but but who knows maybe right and you wanted to make sure kind of just what we're talking about the packers like you wanted to make sure that was not a young coaching staff it was a young coaching staff i would be a little bit worried about what the direction the milwaukee bucks are going in because if you want to compete with championships and you want to win with a first year head coach you need a talented bench behind him you need to guys that are helping out at every corner. And because they're hiring a guy like Terry Stotts, they're not rehiring Charles Lee. We don't know if Charles Lee has a job. I would assume not, but because they're going in a a little bit of a different direction, I think what that tells you is they are kind of trying to space away from Mike Or there. It might be an idea of what could Terry Stotts and anyone else, I know they're looking at James Borrego too, who I really like, uh, who's joining the Pelicans staff. And I I like to know, you know, I was a big Pelicans, back, Pelicans backer before everything fell apart for that team last year. So I, am I am I back in on the Pelicans? Some might say, but back to the Bucks, I think having a guy like Stotts, it's a different approach and it's a different look. And it's letting Stotts, Take a look at all the bud film from the last couple of years and saying, what would I do differently with Giannis Antetokounmpo with Chris Middleton? And if Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez come back, are those other guys that he can work with? Are are there some pitfalls? Are there guys that in Stotts' system might not work the same? I think the same goes for Adrian Griffin on the defensive side of things. But now you have this perfect mind meld. Now, Adrian Griffin remember we kind of talked about last week's show he is not just a defensive coach like he he does have some offensive principles Nick Nurse makes all his coaches you know work you know both sides of the ball so it's not like Griffin is entirely defense but he he does do most of, most in that category so to have the stats offensive sort of masterwork is going to help the Bucs. we hopefully we'll see Immediate returns on it. I wouldn't be surprised if the first couple months are a little clunky. I'm sure get guys getting familiar with his system, also trying to work out you know old bud tendencies. I think that's always hard when you switch coaching staffs. Is what was a tendency of old that the coach wants you to kick the new coach that is, and what are tendencies that are acceptable? But hey, maybe tweak it you know going forward. So. I really like this hire. Um, I think it's exactly what the Bucs needed to do. They knocked it out of the park. And you continue to be impressed that the Bucs are making the right moves. You know, the Bucs really haven't stepped in it just yet. I think the Griffin hire, some could have looked at as stepping in a hole, but now you've added a veteran NBA coach who's been a head coach. Like, how can you not be encouraged by that? How can you not be pleased of sort of the direction the Bucs are going from a coaching perspective. And I think it's important to add a few more, you know, former players, whether it's Vin Baker staying on staff, whether it's adding other guys who might be ready to take over that role. I think the Bucks would benefit from that. And I'm very excited to see what Stotts can do um, and what he can bring to the table. As for, you know, does this help the Milwaukee Bucks? land Damian Lillard, a guy that coached Stotts for eight years. It only helps if Dame wasn't trying to get Stotts out in the first place. There are some rumors that Stotts, you know, might've fallen out of flavor with Damian Lillard. And if that's the case, you know, is Damian Lillard going to, you know, not necessarily want to play for him again and not want him to be the coach? Or did it just wear thin because he was coaching them for eight years and, you know, time had kind of ran its course and it was kind of like, all right, man, I'm enough of this shit, I'm tired of this. Kind of a little bit like Giannis and Bud that I've, I feel like I've seen, I, that hasn't been reported. I'm just sort of observing it with my own eyes and thinking through how it all happened. And maybe that was it. And so maybe Dame would be open to this idea. Now, you know that I am kind of on the anti-Dame side. I just think it's really risky to get a guy who you'll have to pay 60 plus million dollars at age 38 now if you win two titles it might not matter you might not care you have three titles for Giannis because you brought Dame on that's pretty fucking good uh but I don't it's hard to win championships so that's that's your concern that's your challenge I, I would not necessarily feel like it's an immediate like oh yeah we have to go out and get you know x y and z but going back to the point made earlier is like there are going to be guys that work for Terry Stotts system and there'll be guys who's Terry Stotts like yeah, I don't know man I, I can make it work but we're gonna really we're gonna probably ask him to do different things is he gonna be comfortable with that and then yeah the conversation goes and if that guy's like I don't know not necessarily my thing ship his ass find, find a new team for him so we'll, we'll have to see but happy with Stotts uh, definitely should get some stats with stats. With Stott's t-shirts going uh that's that's a definite must all right let's wrap up today's show with a little bit of fun uh recapping Cincinnati uh I was at Great American Ballpark on Saturday um I will do a Louisville m- m- uh, recap if the people want it uh, maybe I'll put a pull up on Instagram because I feel like it's a little bit I want to really go as far as braggadocious but it's a little weird to recap your vacation in two podcasts I feel like that's a one fall swoop. But since we're already, you know, 40 minutes in, I don't think we need, you know, a play-by-play full recap on the trip. But for Cincinnati and Great Mary Pro Park, I, I really liked it. Um, I, I thought it was a lot better than I was expecting. I had friends go there years ago and they were like, we dealt with a lot of rude, rude fans. Uh, they were kind of assholes to us. And I was like, "Shit, are we gonna are we gonna get some of the same?" Well, it helped that we were by a lot of brewer fans. Um, it helped that it was a hot ass day, and we didn't necessarily have full seats. Um, m- my wife and I were able to sit, you know, in between a few different people, so we weren't weren't knee to knee, sweating our asses off. Um, <laughs> my wife was like. Someone's sitting in this chair. Uh, they're gonna get a sweaty one. And because yeah, it was like 90 degrees. The sun was going right at our faces. Um, there were some moments that were really, really fucking hot. And it's just like Miller Park in the sense that you have to be on the first base side. You cannot be on the third base side you know, in that night, in the afternoon game. And I don't think that's every stadium. I, I, maybe it is, but I I, I might have to do research on it. I might have to sit in every third base side and see if it's oriented the same way. Because if that's the case, then I'm never buying third base seats again in the mid-afternoon of a June summer game. You know, everything on the first base side was shaded. Um, I think that would have been a much more enjoyable experience, but it's not to say that I didn't have a good time. Like I said, I I really like the ballpark. Uh, I... I thought the, we'll, we'll go inside out. We'll start inside the stadium. I thought the sight lines were good. Um, I thought that, you know, you could really see everything. I, I sat pretty close, uh, third base side, probably, let's see, I was L, so that would do, if I do the math here, probably like 11 rows up, 10, you know, 10, 11 to 12. So yeah, pretty, pretty solid there. And was able to see a ton and never felt like I couldn't see part of the game. Uh, you did have the fence in the way, of course, or like the mesh, I, that, I should say. But I, it didn't really feel like I, I was missing any of the action. I thought their, you know, entertainment in terms of keeping, keeping it fun was solid. No real like major headline there. The fact that you, they blow fire after every strikeout was a little intense. Uh, they have these like steamboat uh, kind of design in their stadium. And the fire goes up every time. Uh, a strikeout happens. They also do a little bit of fireworks for the Rockets red glare uh, in the anthem. So they, they put those things to good fucking use. I didn't see if like the fire goes up after a home run too. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it, that was an impressive part. Uh, the fans themselves, it was a little bit happy to be there. I asked a couple guys about Ellie De la Cruz in in the stands. He's a big uh, Reds prospect. No one had any idea who I was talking about. I was like, well, fuck me, right? Uh, I guess I shouldn't be wearing this fucking shirt. Did ask some guys when I was taking a pee. They were like, yeah, we thought he was going to be up this weekend. That was probably the biggest disappointment is that L.A. Dayrock Cruz didn't get the call. Um, So whether the Reds didn't want to put him, his first games at Great American Ballpark and wanted to sort of ease him in, uh, they are bringing up another recruit today or prospect, excuse me, today with Andrew Abbott, uh, who's, left-handed flamethrower uh so imagine how that's gonna work for Milwaukee Brewers well just sort of hang on for dear life uh, in that baseball game but yes um so for for the stadium itself yeah I I liked it um the food okay um a lot of the same stuff now I only was on the first complex really I just walked around the the first deck of the stadium. I didn't walk around the second deck or the third deck. So maybe the food got better uh, up top. I highly doubt it though. Uh, I did try a Skyline chili dog. I will tell you it was pretty solid. Uh, Skyline is a little sweeter of a chili. Uh, I said to my wife that I think I could eat chili really in all months. I don't think I stop liking chili. Um, So I kind of am and equal opportunists when it comes to chili. Um, I thought I should have had the chili nachos. I I think my stomach and my bowels are probably glad I didn't. Uh, trying to think other th- food items. I had a, I had a quick hot dog. Like I kind of needed you know a little bit of a spacer dog. I probably had a little too many beers. That's another awesome thing about Cincinnati. They give you 25 ounce silos. So I was just hammering Michelob Ultras. Like, it was just 25 ounces of Michelob Ultras pretty frequently. Um, I think I, I I scaled back down to 16. Had I been with my guys, I would have definitely done at least one more 25. I think I ended up, I think my stats would have been, cause I know some might care. Fifth, so I had 50, 82. I think I've been 82 ounces of beer. You can do the math on that. Um, but it, you're so fucking hot that you're just not drunk because you're just, you're just basically sweating it all out. Um, but yeah, I needed a, a dog like in the eighth inning. I just was like, fuck it. I am mean, not only am I getting a beer, I'm also getting a hot dog um, because I, I just needed a little more sustenance uh, down the stretch here. And their their hot dog was pretty solid. I, I'm not, not gonna deny uh, a good dog. Uh, so that was good. Um, let's see my wife got the frozen lemonade. That was pretty solid. The price was high. It was like 18 bucks Probably not worth it. They had a great Uh, really impressive craft brew, brewery section I didn't drink that because I don't know about you guys, but you get to a certain temperature and craft brew does not sound good Uh, they have an awesome like deer district area. They call the dora Uh designated outdoor recreation area This is what the acronym dora stands for We argued that it should be designated outdoor drunk area uh, because there's just bars wall to wall. Everybody just getting after it. Uh, You could just bring your beers into different bars. They didn't really care. Uh, The vibes were just immaculate at that point. Um, And it was something that I wish Milwaukee could emulate, uh, whether it's the Brewers or the Bucks. I think Deer District could learn a little bit from the Dora. I think the Deer District would go a long way to having something like that. But I do wonder, are we too much of degenerates to not have that ability? There were a lot of Reds fans that were looking like they were ready to get out there and throw the first pitch. Uh, We had the full jersey and the hat, saw a lot of Pete Rose, saw some Johnny Bench. Tyler Stevenson and Jonathan India seemed to be the most popular guys. It seems like Joey Votto has sort of been phased out in terms, it was his bobblehead. I actually missed getting a bobblehead. I'm not sure how it happened. Totally not a big deal. Uh, I have enough bobbleheads. Um, uh, but it, those seem to be the guys right now. Cincinnati, Milwaukee could have a competition on maybe the largest fan base. Also a lot of smokers. Cincinnati was ripping six. Not at the level of Lily Rose Depp in the premiere of The Idol. Uh, by the way, if you're watching The Idol, uh, I want to check it out. Recommend. Um, it, it, it's a bit smut. Um, yeah, it's 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 a little pornish. Uh, It was good. I didn't mind it. Uh, The weekend, maybe not the best actor. Uh, We'll see. Uh, But yeah, it's uh, just like Euphoria except in the music industry and almost more sex, shockingly. Uh, So yeah, that's a a quick Idol review. But yeah, Cincinnati ripped fucking Sigs, man. I know some buddies who are are big drunk Sigs guys. They would have definitely been into that. Uh, I'm trying to think. Stadium, very walkable. Um, It's right across the street from the Bengals Stadium. Uh, If you're downtown, it's six minute walk. So I would recommend getting a hotel down there if you're doing like multiple days of baseball. That said, it's not really an area where there's a ton of bars besides that Dora area. There was one other place there was like a rooftop. I forget what it's called. It was like called Pig's Patio or something like that that I wanted to check out. Uh, We never made it back there. And then there's the Over the Rhine area which is probably, I would say 10 minutes, 10 minutes North of downtown. And it's right by the soccer, the soccer stadium in the middle of, of the two. And that's where the FC Cincinnati team plays. Who's really good right now. They're top in the Eastern conference. Everybody is a FC Cincinnati fan in Cincinnati. So that, that over Ryan area is awesome. Like it's like, it gives off Brady street, um, little i don't want to go start third street but like brady street a little bit of third ward walker's point sort of that sort of vibe if we're bringing it into milwaukee you notice i didn't say it's giving uh because i'm not a fucking gen z zoomer broccoli cut kid uh that's why uh but yeah it was an awesome area uh you could have spent two days there could you so many places just get ripped up at uh we only went to a few um because let's be let's just call what it is my wife not as much of a partier as your boy, which is good. We, you need balance in a relationship. You can't, if I had two of me, I'd, I'd fucking hate it probably. Uh, and we had an awful dinner at a place called Taff House. Um, truly one of the worst bartenders of all time. Just, and I mean this with, I'm not trying to be super disrespectful, but such a bitch. Like so, so unhappy. So, so mean. And her coworker, was this greasy dude who was bitching about his table, making fun of their drinks, all in earshot? Like, look, I understand it's hard sometimes in the service industry, but don't bring your fucking problems to work. And if you don't like it here, get another fucking job. There's bars all over the place. We just made a terrible choice. We just made a terrible choice. The food sucked. Um, yeah, not not a place for me, man. Uh, so yeah, I, uh, I I enjoyed Cincinnati. I'd go back. Um, and yeah, I I think, it's, I think it was a fun time and would recommend it. I know right after the All-Star break, the Birds go to Cincinnati. Now that would be even hotter uh, than what I dealt with. But if you're interested in that, I, I, I'd recommend it. Um, so definitely something to keep in mind if you're you know looking for sort of a midsummer trip and you're looking to get away, whether it's with your significant other, whether it's just with your boys, which is your gals, if we got some females listening to the podcast, uh, but yeah, I, I think, I think that's, uh, that's something there also good, good amount of Brewer fans, uh, there, uh, we, we travel well pretty much everywhere, but yeah, it was, it was good to see that. I want to say the friendliest bunch of like Brewer fans. They didn't have a bunch of people hyped that the Brewers won. Some old people saw me doing the review, uh, gave me a nod. So hopefully they're loyal followers at tapping the keg, but yeah, that is, uh, that's Cincinnati review. And, uh, yeah, maybe we'll do Louisville tomorrow. If people are interested in no sports, really there oh i'll do although i do have some horse racing stories so maybe maybe we'll do a louisville review tomorrow uh you guys gotta let me know um on the instagram maybe on the twitter too if you do want to hear that as well all right take care have a good monday uh we'll be back tomorrow see you bye